Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Freelancer Head Start podcast. In this episode, I talk to Marie of DIY Montreal on her start in the woodworking world, as well as her journey through blogging and YouTube. We chat about the different challenges that she's had along the way growing her channel, as well as her brand on YouTube, Instagram, and other platforms. Marie has come a long way, and honestly, her channel is awesome. So let's jump into this episode and have a chat with her. My name is Marion Owen, and this is the Freelancer Head Start Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Freelancer Head Start podcast. And I'm sitting with Marie from DIY Montreal, and we're going to be talking about running a YouTube DIY channel. So, Marie, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks. Uh, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast today. So, uh, as you said, I have a channel called DIY Montreal, and it's uh, both a website and a YouTube channel where I post uh, videos about uh, tutorials about woodworking mostly or anything really related to DIY, like fixing stuff around the house or building stuff. Um, I've been doing that for, I would say, about two years or two years and a half the blog and about a year and a half for the YouTube channel now. Um, and just to, to let you know, that's kind of a side hustle. It's not actually my job. Uh, my actual job is in market research uh, in the pharmaceutical industry. So um, on nights and weekends, I'm, I'm doing my DIY out of my garage and posting it online. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think, I think most people, when they start off with DIY or any type of project, it's always like a side, a side hustle. You know, it's just something that they slowly start to evolve. Um, and so kind of how I found you, I'm going to go back to the story, is pretty much I was looking for lights and how to set up lights in my garage and getting some ideas on what type of light positioning and things like that because I like to do it yourself every once in a while myself. Um, so when I recently got married about three years ago, that, that honeydew list is real. Nobody realizes that, <laughs> that part of being married is you, as, as, a, as a male or, or woman, it doesn't matter, you always have a... I need to do this list. So yeah. mine, mine kind of fell on a, a lot of um, uh, do it, do it yourself type of projects around the house because my wife is not really as handy as me. So it kind of defaulted to me. So anyways, so my DIY list was, was a, a real list. So then I started realizing, well, it helped me see what I'm doing if I have better lighting. So I found your channel literally just searching on YouTube and, and other places. And yours was pretty awesome because you broke down kind of the different types of lights and why you chose that light. And I resonated with that and then I kind of just let the channel play. And then I watch about two or three videos total. And then if, if you're not familiar with what YouTube does is it kind of keeps track of everything you do and has recommended videos. And it, if you let it just play, it'll literally, literally either stay in that channel or kind of bring in other channels into the fold. So over the course of a couple of years, a year or two or so, um, your videos kept popping up. So then I was just like, well, you know, okay, YouTube, I, I guess I believe you now. And I'll, I'll start to really follow her. And um, yeah, so then I started to look at, okay, she's got some pretty cool projects. Maybe this, maybe this honey-do list can kind of hold off and wait because now I have better lighting in my shop to, <laughs> to start on that. <laughs> 
so that's how that's how I found you, and I reached out to see if you wanted to do a, a podcast interview, and it's pretty awesome that you're on here. Yeah, it's pretty cool that you found me, um, and so I'm super happy to be here. So um, that's kind of how I started too, actually. So yeah, my 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 honey do list, if I can say so. <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody has that uh, a smaller, and it's. I think the honey do list kind of evolves into, let's let's have a distraction list because sometimes, I don't want to do stuff on the honey do list, but if I'm technically in the area where the honey do list is done, maybe I can get more time, <laughs> doing my woodworking projects or maybe tinkering with the car or tinkering with X, Y, and Z. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll be allowed to yeah, go yes. play, play around in the shop without anyone complaining. <laughs> yes. Yes. So did you have any projects that you kind of had a, okay, I think I'm, I'm, I'm in love with woodworking or DIY. Was there anything that was like a turning point that made you say, I like this, I'm going to keep going? Probably the very first one. I mean, I started, I'm going to say about eight years ago, but uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a, a blog or anything back then. But when I first bought a house, I was looking for furniture that would fit in this these two nooks, like basically on each side of the fireplace in the living room, there was these two nooks and I wanted a TV console and a bookcase and I couldn't find anything in any store that would actually fit into it. It was always a little too big or way too small. Yeah. So I ran out and I said, I'm going to build it. I didn't have any tools. I didn't have anything at all at the time. <laughs> I bought some used tools and I just started building. Um, and then I was hooked after that. So, so that was like your stepping point into the woodworking. I feel like everybody has that, you know, those nooks that they, they look at and be like, I can build that. Yeah. I can build something like that. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing that you mentioned that I legitimately am in that situation right now. I, um, I was gifted a fish tank. My aunt was kind of cleaning up her basement and she has like a 60 gallon fish tank or something. It's pretty big. It's like one of those long dentist office type of type of fish tank um but the stand that it's on is kind of wobbly and broken so then i was like well, let me go find a fish tank that'll fit kind of the style of the area and then i started realizing yeah nothing's really fitting it's either too big too small you mm -hmm. know too wobbly or whatever so then i was like you know this would be a perfect i could sneak this into the honeydew list <laughs> it's a well i gotta <laughs> build me a fish tank stand you know because it's you can't put the fish tank on the floor so I can definitely, I can feel where you're coming from with that. Yeah. <laughs> did the, um, did the blog kind of, did you wake up one day and said, man, I really want to make a blog or did you just start to say that, you know, maybe I should start recording or filming or documenting what I'm doing? Um, so yeah, it didn't come till way later. I mean, after that, those first builds, I wouldn't say I built a lot of things, you know, it was a couple projects here and there. It wasn't an obsession like it is now, I would say. I guess it was just a bunch of circumstances that led me there. Uh, got a new house and needed to build some some new things. Like uh, I needed, I wanted to build a headboard and I wanted to build this like iron pipe garment rack because I didn't really have yeah. enough closet room. So I had a couple things I wanted to build. And I had actually also started a new job at the time. And all of a sudden, I had a lot more time on my hands, <laughs> which is not, I shouldn't be sharing this, but really, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I've always been, you know, I worked a, a long hours, like a lot of people, and you come home late, and you're, you're super tired. But this new job, all of a sudden, you know, I got to work from home a lot. So I didn't have to commute, I didn't have to, you know, I had time at lunch, and just had a lot of time. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, I could document these things. 
Because whenever you do a project, what's the first thing you do? You go and you look it up online, right? And you watch videos yeah. or you read blogs. Exactly. And some, sometimes when I couldn't find what I was looking for, I was like, ah, oh, I should, you know, maybe I should do an article too and a video to show how I'm building this thing. So I just started researching it, researching WordPress, researching how to, how to build a blog, you know, and all sorts of stuff. And I just started doing it, um, you know, started learning it and then eventually put up my first project. That is awesome. Yeah, because, you know, finding out how, the th how things are done is, is the first step. And then we kind of put our own spin on it to say, okay, I, I want to build some bookshelves. How do people do it? And then you kind of go down that route of, okay, I'm going to try. I think, um, like, for example, when I was doing this podcast, it took me almost six months to figure out by researching how does everything work, kind of how do you do the audio, how do you save stuff, how do you throw it up online, how do you make a website, you know, all that type of stuff. And I think everybody who's out there kind of how do you really start a freelancing business, a DIY channel or, or any type of project that's, you know, they see that it's, it's might be daunting, but they don't realize if you just take it apart into small steps, you know, doing your research, yeah. figuring out what's more, more important to me, kind of you can do it. It's not as hard as you think. I don't think it's as hard as you think, but I still think it's it's a challenge. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. like you said, once you break it down, it's a lot easier, but it's like, where do you start? So by looking it up, I'm like, okay, I need, I need, I need to find someone to host my website. So start with that. I need a domain name. Okay, get that. And then it's like, okay, how am I going to build the website? And just build it step by step. Like you said, I didn't throw it up there from one day to the next. It took me probably about six months too, to get it, uh, to understand it and to actually get it up and running. So, yeah. Did you, um, in the beginning, did you ever think that you'd be where you are now or did you make it like, a, well, not make it, but did you do, did you just think that this is just a hobby? I want to share how I do it or did you have any plans? Yeah. No, I didn't have any plans. No, exactly. It was just a hobby. And I just thought, I just kind of wanted to share like and other people I thought just wanted to share, you know, Hey, yeah. here's how I did it. But, um, but yeah, then it became, it, it became, I got kind of traction and it, I got on Instagram. I think that was the turning point. I got on Instagram. Uh, some of my friends, once I had a website, they're like, you got to get on Instagram. And I, I was not social media back then. So yeah. they, they got me set up on a little Instagram account. And then I started posting pictures. And all of a sudden, I was like engaging and getting traction. And it just kind of became more of an obsession. And it kind of grew from there. But I was not planning at all. No. Yeah, I think I think my wife, she's huge on Facebook and all the social media stuff, and I'm I'm the opposite because I'm like, you do enough posting for the both of us. Why do I need to get on it? Um, but <laughs> but if you're running like a freelance or some sort of business or anything that you're trying to get traction, I think having the exposure and having people see what you're doing is also important. Um, and I feel like as a creative creator like like you, seeing kind of the process and the effort that you do into your craft and into your work, you know, I love seeing that behind the scenes stuff. For me, that's relaxing to see, you know, <laughs> oh, she tilted the blade on her table saw by 20 degrees. How did she do that? Oh, that's it. That's pretty awesome. That's I didn't know you could, you know. So going down that rabbit hole personally makes me keep watching. How does she do this? How does she make that cut? How does she make that line um, you know, straight, how, what type of stain is she doing? Because again, it's inspiration. And I think Instagram definitely pulls that out of, um, a lot of creatives. For sure. Yeah, 
For sure. I, I love that too, because you sometimes you'll see a video or a picture and that's the first question that pops to mind. Like, well, how exactly did they do that and which technique did they use? So you get to see all of that on, on Instagram, which is pretty awesome. And I, I also, I, let me, I guess if you flip that around as well, I think some people are worried that if I show everything, people aren't going to be interested in like, for example, purchasing my products, um, uh, connecting with me as, as a professional or doing this and the other, because they feel like they can do it themselves. Um, I think we have that false sense of if I don't, if I have to keep everything secret. And I personally feel that if I show you how this is done or how I'm doing this in a professional sense and why I'm so good at it, a lot of times, you know, there's 300 million people in the United States. There's billions of people in the world. I guarantee you somebody already knows how to do what you're trying to do way better already. So you showing the secret sauce to an extent is not really going to throw away or hide customers or viewers or people who are inspired by you. You know, I think there's enough, there's enough out there to where you're going to be okay to show how, how is this done? How am I doing that and that and the other? So mm -hmm. do you feel the same way or do you feel that you kind of have to um. throw a little bit out there and then kind of pull it back? Well, I guess it's a little different. I, I don't, you know, I never, um, I don't sell furniture, let's say. I don't uh, take on commissions and say um, somebody says, I build me a table or anything like that. I, I don't do that kind of work. So um, I don't think I'm taking away from any sales. But even if I did that, um, I think it's really a mindset. I think the more you share, the better. And by showing that you're an expert in your, you know, an expert table builder and showing people how to build it, you'll attract more customers anyways that are actually willing to pay you because you look like you know what you're doing. You know, you become an yeah. expert. Um, and I think, yourself. yeah, and I've read a lot of uh, different books, you know, the, what is it, Content Inc., which uh, was a great one about about that kind of mindset. And even I think, who is it, uh, Gary, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think, kind of talks about that. It, it's becoming, you know, building that communicate community um, becoming an expert, it'll actually attract more people that'll want to pay for your product or service. So I totally agree with that because you you know you're like you said you're positioning yourself as the expert in the room um, by showing here's why I'm an expert. You're you're validating that that um, that thought that truth that you know she definitely knows what she's doing. Um, have you ever actually worked on any projects where you're just like, man, this this sucks. Let me, let me not film this or <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, more than one. I mean, not all the projects turn out great. I mean, that's why video editing is, can be awesome because you can show all the good stuff and how it worked out. But you know, um, there are projects that I, there was one recently, I was trying to build this clamp rack and hang it on the wall to put all my clamps on, and it was just a disaster. Nothing was working the way I wanted it to, and by the time I finally actually got it built and tried to hang it on my concrete walls in my garage, every hole I drilled, it was just like dust coming out. The concrete was like, is shot or something. I, I can't hang anything yeah. off of it, but it was so brittle, so I just, I gave up. I didn't, I have all this footage, I'm not even using it because it was just a nightmare of a project and I wanna move on, so yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> so the funny thing is I actually had a, um, a situation where I was drilling into the concrete wall, a um, little side sidestep, but I found that if I use these concrete um, special uh, nails, they're they're like they look like almost like um, horseshoe nails, 
I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're they're called, uh, but it's it's in the garage. I'm not going to go get it. But um, <laughs> they're specifically to like secure things to cement or concrete. And I found that if I was drilling like a hammer drill and trying to get a uh, an anchor into concrete, the dust was coming out way too much. So then I was like, let me just try this nail thing, and actually did way better. Um, so all I did was nailed like a piece of wood to the concrete and the, that, um, that specialty nail I'll share with you, um, yeah. after this, um, so you it, don't have to drill, you can just nail into the concrete. Yeah. You could just nail into the concrete. The only problem is if you need to remove or take it out, you literally have to destroy the piece or, um, use an angle grinder to try to cut the nail from the wall. And then you just kind of sand it down a bit as, as much as you can to smooth it out. Um, yeah. So that's the only that's the only pain point of those nails. Well, you sound like you know a lot about this. Maybe you should come over and, uh, <laughs> help, you and help me out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not too far. Yeah, not, up in not Can- too far. Up in Canada. Not too know. far. That's a, that's, that's a good excuse to go visit Canada. I got to go <laughs> nail something in the wall. <laughs> I'll, be right, I'll be right back, honey. I got to <laughs> nail this in. But yeah, um, that's that's something I um, I found was pretty good with those nails. But, but anyways, yeah, so I think... I've had some instances too with like an episode I, I, I've recorded myself. I, every episode I record with my uh, guests, I try to use 99.99% of the episodes. So I definitely understand kind of like uh, this, it's, it's on the cutting room floor. It's not going to make it. And, and unfortunately I try to keep to schedule. So then I have to now scramble to re remake another episode and the time frame is shorter and it's like, uh, the pain of doing that. D- do you have to, kind of go down that route too if you planned on the project and it didn't turn out the way you planned and then do you have to re-record or do you kind of keep it relatively casual you're like okay this didn't work i'll just try again next time um well i don't have a schedule a set schedule for when i come out with my new projects i mean i would like to uh that'd be ideal but really I do whatever time allows me to. So if a project doesn't work out, unfortunately, there's just going to be a gap uh, between my videos, let's say, until I have a new one. So it's happened in the past, and I just I just roll with it. Um, like I said, ideally, I'd like to be posting every other week as well, but uh, that's not always a reality when it's a side hustle. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that for sure. <laughs> do you plan your projects out? Like, Do you have like a schedule of, okay, here's 12 things I'd like to build. Let me work on them. Um, yes and no. I mean, I have a list. I have a long list and th- these are actually like projects that I want to do um, and the ones that I need to do because, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, that list. But um, yeah, I have a, a list of projects I'd, I'd like to get to. Uh, but what happens usually is I, something new comes up. I'm like, oh, I see this new inspirational thing and I'm like, oh, I need to build one of those. And that just kind of gets bumped up to the list. So I'm very, very flexible in that way. But at least I always have a bank of projects that I can go back to, go back to um, if yeah. I'm if I'm out of inspiration. That and I'll try sense. and at least have an idea of what the next project I'm going to work on is so uh, I can, you know, start getting my materials and start getting ready uh, for when I'm starting that build. So how do you kind of plan your projects? Do you normally plan them like, okay, this is for the channel for my creative side or is this kind of like I need to do this because the kitchen table is kind of wobbly? Hmm. Um... I guess I've had the luxury lately that I don't have that many projects I need to do for myself for my home right now. So I've had the luxury of picking and choosing whatever I want to do. Um, so a lot of them have been shop projects. So like 
building uh, jigs or I built this uh, router table, which was like a three-part build series because it was a quite long build. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like tool stuff, I guess, I've been building. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I try and mix it up, try and have, you know, a, a tool project and then a, a home, like a home repair fix thing, ideally. But really, it's whatever I feel like. I, I haven't put any boundaries on it. I haven't put any set rules. And I really just go with what I want to do. Because bottom line, I mean, I'm doing this because I want to enjoy it. You know, I don't want it to be a, a job or anything like that, at least not right now. So I'm trying to have fun with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and kind of side note, I do like your uh, router table. That was a pretty cool, pretty cool build. <laughs> I, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I think... I'm I'm going to assume that you're also going to try to, you know, at the pace that you're going and kind of the direction I see that you, you're going, you're trying to make this into, you know, monetizing on some of the success that you're having. And I would definitely say that's fair because, mm -hmm. you know, the work that you put in, you should get rewarded um, for that. Um, do you have any strategies on how you monetize? So, for example, um, there's the, the traditional advertising from YouTube. Um I, I don't know if you participate in that or not, because honestly, I, I don't pay attention to the ads as much. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think there is a official document out there that I've seen that says if you have X, Y, Z, this is how much you are going to be making from like a YouTube ad. Because I think there's so many different variables and variations on how to monetize from YouTube. Um, I've also seen and heard people who have tried to or have strategized with YouTube monetization, they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket. And I'm seeing a lot of creators try to break away from, okay, I'm only focusing on, for example, podcast ads. I'm trying to now create a coffee mug line. You know, I'm trying to make a, a wood polishing line or something to where they don't have just one thing that's holding their entire financial success up. Yeah, like multiple sources of revenue kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yes, I, I do have um, monetization on my channel. And from what I remember reading a long time ago or when I was first starting, it wasn't that long ago. I think they said something like it's about two dollars for every thousand views, something like that, that you'll get from ads, ad revenue on YouTube. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if that's true. But anyway, so I do get a tiny bit for every everybody that watches and sees an ad basically. Um, yeah, I have that, but I guess my, my strategy, um, at least what I, what I'm thinking in terms of monetization, cause eventually, I mean, yeah, it's the dream, eh? this would be a full-time job and I do this all the time. That would be the dream. Um, but before I get there, I think what, what's important for me right now is to really build the audience. You know, I'm still yeah. a very new channel. Um, I'm not, I don't have hundreds of thousands of followers. So right now I'm just trying to put out quality videos, um, and get as many eyeballs as I can on, on the videos, get some followers, build a community, engage with them and really kind of grow my base. Yeah. And once I've hit a certain point, that's when, that's when I hope the monetization will kick in. And what I mean by that is probably getting sponsors for videos. Uh, I know that's a big thing in the DIY kind of woodworking world and a lot of worlds, you know, you have, you're using a specific product in your build and that company will sponsor your video, yeah. um, something like that. So yeah that's the long-term goal but right now it's really it's really to build build that community for now i i think i i notice that people who start off as a 
um, you know, starting from the beginning as a labor of love. And this is slowly evolving into, okay, got traction. Let, let me kind of focus a little bit more. And honing that craft is way better than somebody who tries to jump in to say, I'm going to try to get as much money out of this thing and kind of be the gimmick um, on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. Um, personally, I, I like seeing, like, for example, with with your channel, I'm guilty to say that if I watch your first video, uh, not your first, your um, most recent video today, the next video I'd watch is probably your very first video to just to have that hmm. fun to see how far did she evolve, you know, yeah. just kind of some subtle stuff. Maybe the lighting was better. I don't know. The camera was better. <laughs> oh, no, better. I, I'm embarrassed to go back already. And when I click on some of the old ones, I'm like, oh, what was going on in there? The lighting <laughs> was terrible. Everything was going so fast. I couldn't see like the sound, everything. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see that evolution as well, and I think every video gets better, and um, it's a process for sure. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fun to see that. Um, but yeah, oh. anyone who jumps into it, like you said, I think uh, if you jump into it to hopefully you know uh, not get famous, but m make money really quickly, I think you'll be pretty disappointed because it takes time. You know, you can't just jump on the jump on YouTube and, and be a success overnight. I mean, it happens, but it's pretty rare. So you really got to invest the time and, and kind of build it. I, oh, I totally agree with that. Cause, um, cause I, so I did look into creating a YouTube channel specifically to accompany this podcast. And it wasn't more or less like, let me see how much money I can milk out of YouTube. It was more or less, would it make sense to showcase some of the topics I talked about in a screen capture or in a physical way? Because, you know, it's obviously sometimes it's hard to visualize in audio. How do you register yourself as a business in the state of Georgia rather than me saying, well, it's really four clicks. Click here, click here, put your name in, click submit, you know, something like that. Um, as I was looking through the process, most every, you know, step by step um, program of how do you create a YouTube channel, they almost always fall back onto more than likely you're doing this because you're trying to monetize yourself. So here's, here's kind of what are you, what are you going to be looking forward to? Um, and I feel like a lot of them sometimes give a false sense that false hope that, you know, if you create a channel today by next month, you're going to be making thousands of dollars a month because you know, you, that's how YouTube works. Mm -hmm. Um, but in reality, the fine print was pretty much You'll make, like you said, you know, two, like for example, $2 for every thousand views. But that first video, you're probably not going to be getting more than five. And four of those are you testing on different machines. And that last one is your mom coming through. Yeah. To check out what, what are you doing. Yeah. And it's really discouraging in the beginning when you're putting out those videos, those first videos. And like you said, you're maybe getting a hundred views if you're lucky. Um, it's discouraging. Then you're like, what did I put all this work in? And what, am I, I'm not going to do another one if it's like um, nobody's going to see it. Like 50 people will see it and it, it really gets discouraging. So you, I mean, you really have to do it out of passion and you have to persist really. That's my best recommendation. Um, and that's what I did. And eventually you know, with the help of social media and, and all sorts of different ways to get people to watch it, it starts to grow uh, slowly but surely, but you have yeah. to be persistent. Yeah, that's slow and steady, steady pace. Yep. Yep. I definitely agree with that because, um, and oh, and also on a side note, that uh, monetization um, is you have to have a minimum of, I think, 10,000 subscribers, I believe, before they actually pay you out. So yeah, I, I think, think they, they changed, changed that. It. Yeah. it was a thousand when I first 
Yeah, when I joined, it was a thousand, I think, and yep. now, yeah, it's like ten thousand, which is pretty crazy. Yes, and and also, it's not just I click on your play button and then you get two bucks. I think it's I have to click on your play button, watch thirty seconds of the ad, and then you get paid. So yikes! I think now they change that up too as well. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, so yeah, it's it's an evolution. It's not a you're gonna jump into the shallow end and you're gonna be swimming in money. No, it's it's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's, I personally strongly agree that yes, start off as a labor of love, try to help the community grow, grow the content and you'll get to a point where, you know, you might be able to quit your nine to five and do this full time. Huh. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. I mean, it's it's happened. I've I've seen people in the, the woodworking community do that and it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing to see that actually, actually happen. Um, but I think you, you said, you know, uh, what did you say? Um, like mixing up the revenue streams is super important. You can't just rely on YouTube monetization. You got to kind of get different things out there. And hopefully those will be things I can do long term too. Yes, it's it's pretty important because you don't want, you know, in case YouTube all of a sudden changes their their bottom line, then they're not going to be like, hey, hey, Marie, are you okay with me changing this? And they're not going to ask. <laughs> no, they could like shut down like... From, you know, tomorrow they could just shut down and it would all be gone and start up a new platform and you've lost everything. So, yes. Yeah. Would not be fun. Nope. Would not be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you did mention about kind of building a community and kind of networking with other people. So how do you, what is your strategy for, I guess, growing the brand and growing viewerships and growing people to kind of come through your, your platform? Mm-hmm. Well, um, social media, I said, was one of them. Um, so I, over time, I've kind of researched and figured out different uh, platforms where I guess I can sort of promote all my videos or my uh, projects, if I can say. So I've got this checklist. Basically, every project I do now, I, have, I go through my checklist, and basically it tells me, okay, send out your email blast. That's one method. I have an email list that I've been building slowly um, on my web. So whenever I get a project, you know, I, I mail it out and then um, they watch my video, hopefully. So um, posting on social media, different forums um, where woodworkers go, uh, blogs. Um, my God, uh, there's uh, Instructables, which is like a kind of a forum where you can go post your own DIY projects. Um, so there's uh, creating a Pinterest collage. There are tons of different, um, I would say, platforms, uh, depending on your area, that you can go basically link back to your website or link back to your video. And that's pretty much what I do for every single video. It's a lot of work, but uh, I think that's the way kind of more people got to see my projects. And some of them say, hey, I, I like her videos and I'll subscribe to her channel. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an awesome strategy that you got there. And I love the fact that you have a checklist because I think some people think that, oh, she's just on YouTube and that's it. You know, I don't think they realize there's more. How to much it. work. Yeah. Yes, how much work. <laughs> they, I think a lot of people think, oh, just turn the camera on, hit upload and you sit back and wait for people to come by. Mm -hmm. You know, it, building building a brand, building ideas, building a community. It's not it's not nearly as easy as a lot of people think. So I do love the fact that you're trying to branch out into other mediums as well, like your blog, looking at Pinterest, looking at even building that newsletter, for example. And, and um, I know for a fact that newsletters are really, really powerful because it's, it's almost that you're letting somebody talk to you directly. 
instead of it's for, for, for example if you were a creative person just uploading a video on youtube is equivalent to you going to the the corner of your neighborhood and just yelling out and hoping somebody's gonna stop by and demand to know show me that video i'm dying to see that video nobody's gonna do that nobody's gonna mm -hmm. be driving by stop their car get out and be like okay let's sit down and watch this video but if you have that trust to say okay give me your email address and i can communicate with you directly to let you know if and when i have projects or videos that's yeah. way more powerful because the next step could potentially be okay i've built trust with maria i know what she's doing she her plans are amazing let me purchase this plan for the routing table because that's exactly what i need mm -hmm. you know i think what you're doing is is pretty awesome yeah and i you know when i before i started my my list my email or started my uh, newsletter I used to think that was like so archaic to tell you the truth. I'm like, oh, who still does that today? Like, no way. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I started looking into it and I realized exact, exactly what you're saying, how valuable uh, that actually is, that you're, you know, you're able to communicate directly, like you said, to people rather than standing on a street corner yelling out, hey, come watch my video kind of thing. So, nice. um, yeah. Do you, do you mind sharing how many um, subscribers you have on your mailing list? Um, I think I have 4,500. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously you started from zero, so yeah. do not be discouraged to get to 4,500. Even having five people on your mailing list is pretty awesome. The way, the way I look at it is if you can get five people to listen to you on a consistent basis, that's amazing. If you can get a hundred people to sit in a room to watch you talk or listen to your, your statements and listen to whatever you're doing, how many how many opportunities do you have to do that you know so mm -hmm. everyone starts from zero mm -hmm, absolutely and there's like a lot of um uh, what do you call them softwares out there uh, a lot of uh, mailing lists like uh, mailchimp i know is free up to 2000 people i think if you have on your list and then after that you start paying but it's free for the first 2000 so it's yeah. pretty it's pretty great that you can use tools like that so how did you um what are some strategies that you actually use to build that mailing list cuz i know one is to kind of give away an mm -hmm. incentive to sign up. Absolutely, know? yeah. So yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I heard too, and that's exactly what I did. So uh, when I built a uh, built a lumber cart, basically where you can store all your lumber, yeah. um, but I, I had an original design that I put plans together for, and basically I was giving away those plans. So all you have to do is sign up for the newsletter, and you get the free plans. And that's, that's my hook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone needs a hook, so. Yeah. And I think you can do uh, more of them. I've, I only have that one for now. Oh, no, I have a cutting board uh, checklist as well, like uh, steps to go through to make a cutting board. Um, but yeah, eventually it's to give out, it can be, you know, uh, an ebook or uh, anything, a checklist, uh, diagram, uh, plans, things like that, to, just to get people interested. And they'll be happy to give you your email if it's something that they value. Yes. The, the value yeah. part is, is important. You know. Yeah. That's pretty freaking sweet. Um, so, you know, obviously being being kind of aware that you're finding streams of people coming through everywhere, like um, Pinterest, like you mentioned, uh, newsletters, social media, and check and um, that going down that checklist, do you actually try to interact with your community as well? Or are you trying to say that you're doing mostly one-way type of communication? 
Uh, no, definitely trying to do a two-way communication and interact for sure. Um, and I, I could say I wasn't in the beginning. Um, you know, I was just pushing stuff out there and people might comment and I wasn't really engaging with them. Um, but it wasn't until I went to uh, a conference last year called the Workbench Conference in Atlanta. Um, it's coming up again in February and I'll be going. Nice. Uh, but I got to meet a bunch of other people in the woodworking community that were also content creators. So people making videos that had blogs and that were on Instagram. And I saw a lot of these people on Instagram, but never really interacted with them. And it's only when I actually started seeing these people in person that I understood like how important it was to kind of engage. And it really got me, it got me, it got me wanting to engage with them. So after that, uh, you know, I was really, you know, replying to comments and really interested in what other people were doing and and really getting involved. And it's become kind of a little a little family, you know, it's a little community. And I think it's super important to have that back and forth if you really want to build that community. I agree. I definitely agree with that. So what are some of your challenges that you face kind of running a YouTube channel? Oh. A lot of them. Um, <laughs> challenge. Um, well, I mean, time, I would say, or what, what, the, what are the challenges? Um, yeah, it takes a lot of time, really. Uh, I mean, like I said, I would like to be posting every week a video. I mean, I think that's the, the YouTube official ideal recommendation, but um, it's impossible for me at this time. But just because everything takes time. I mean, even shooting a project, if I were just to go to my garage and build that thing I've been wanting to build, I might be able to do it in, you know, 10 hours or whatever, but filming it will take me like three times as long. So yeah. uh, considering that, and then once it's been filmed, you gotta, you gotta edit it and you gotta take all your beauty shots and you have to do, like I said, that Pinterest collage and you have to promote it on social media and you have to do all these things and you have to answer your emails and answer comments and it's a lot of time. Um, so I, I don't wanna discourage people obviously, cause it's also a lot of fun, especially once it becomes a thing. But yeah, you have to be conscious that it, it, it's a lot of work. It's not just like you said, hey, I'm going to shoot this and put it out there. Um, you can do that, I guess, but it's, it's probably going to be more work than that. Yeah, I, I think having that polished look shows with the effort that you definitely put into your, your work. And as well as your, like you said, having the beauty shots and you know, get, making sure the lighting is okay. Because you're right, having just build the project, probably no problem not going to take you too long but then filming it and setting all that up getting the ball rolling getting that checklist done it's man <laughs> yeah it gets easier though the good news is like once you've been through it a few times and with that checklist it gets easier from project to project and you you know like okay i need these pictures i need a vertical picture i need one that's like this format and i need a, a square one for instagram and stuff like that and you you get used to it and it goes a lot faster but um yeah it can be it can be a process to get to that point. I agree, I agree. Because I remember in the beginning when I started the uh, the podcast, the first episodes were, you know, you record for five minutes, but it would take me forty five to an hour to to get everything situated and squared away and published. Now it's, you know, if I record for for five minutes, it's probably ready and done in seven total. So it's the process gets better, it gets quicker because you you find ways to kind of, I won't say cut corners, but kind of become much more efficient in what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I guess I want to talk a little bit about your gear. Um, 
obviously everybody starts from zero and I, like I said, I went to your, like your first video <laughs> and I progressively got higher and higher to where like, okay, you got an upgraded saw, for example. Yeah. Um, I think you've got, uh, yeah, you've got like a, a table sled, you've got some pretty cool gadgets and trinkets and stuff like that. So, um, what would you say would probably be a good starting kit for a, uh, DIY creative YouTuber? Um, and I'm talking all the way from like, do you, do you just need a, a, a light shade, you know, a, lamp, a lamp without the shade with a bulb and your cell phone, mm -hmm. you know, all the way up to, you can get a $30,000, <laughs> rig yeah um yeah that that's uh that's hard because once you you start um you know i, I want i went overboard you know i'll say it uh, i like the gadgets so you know uh, progressively like you said i've upgraded a lot of things um but i mean to start off you can use your probably your any smartphone will do um, lighting is super important, as you mentioned. So if you want to, if you don't have like good lighting where you are, you can buy these, um, they're like photography lights, you know, kind of like the umbrella thing, but it's more a square box that basically diffuses the light and you can get two of those set up for pretty inexpensive. You can buy those to at least get your good lighting. Cause, um, that's like one of the most important things I would say for video is lighting and your sound, I would say. So, um, if you're recording a voiceover or something, get yourself uh, a microphone um, or some sort of decent recording device as well. And other than that, I think a basic computer for editing. Um, I don't think you need to go crazy. I mean, I eventually did upgrade now to using uh, Adobe Premiere Pro, um, but I started out using, I don't even know what it was, Windows Media movie magic something yeah. the basic thing that came with a computer yeah. and it works just fine you know you can get a lot of free softwares out there i think that the the point is you can get a lot of stuff out there for free that'll do a, a good job to get you started um and then eventually you can upgrade from there but uh sound and lighting i would say are super important and your cell phone will do just fine yeah and i know that for a fact that cell phone technology has gotten way better um i think i would say that you can even, yeah, most cell phones will be able to export the videos using either a cable or just kind of have it over the air. Um, and the only thing I can imagine is if you shot in really high definition, you'd fill up the fill up the phone pretty quickly. So that's probably the only caveat of yeah. Of well, I mean, I, I will say that I, I don't use I don't use my cell phone. So I'm saying use your cell phone, but I actually have a, a camera. A dedicated so. camera. <laughs> do you, yeah. Do you have any problems with like the dust or anything like that? Um, not so far, thankfully, but I did buy a clear lens filter to put on top of my lens, just a UV filter, um, because it was just getting all over all the time. But I bought a camera and I actually bought this camera right before I started YouTubing. It wasn't for YouTubing. It was actually for travel photography. So it's a small uh, mirrorless camera. Um, it's not even a DSLR. It's mirrorless. So it's pretty light and compact. And I made sure to get one that was weather, weather sealed. So it, you know, it doesn't get dust or water inside and it's been working out really good so far. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So I think it, it basically sounds like anybody can start YouTube. It's just getting the process down and making sure you put the effort in and understand that the, the more effort you put in, the, the better it'll come out. You know, you can't just set it and forget it. 
Yeah. And I think you can start with the basic tools and then if you like it and if you, you know, once you kind of learn the process, then you can see, okay, what do I need to upgrade and what do I want to invest in and kind of build from there? Yeah. Cause you do not want to buy a DSLR and realize, no, I don't, I'm, I'm good with just using a, I don't know what, what's a non DSLR, non DSLR, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, a point and shoot. Point I don't know. Shoot. Yeah. One of those yeah, little the, wind up cameras. Yeah. Okay. That'd be pretty uh, cool. <laughs> a Polaroid. <laughs> yes. Yes. Stop motion. Oh, man. Um, that'd be pretty cool to see a stop motion DIY channel. But that man, I would that would drive me insane with the amount of effort that would take. Yeah, that must take days and days and days to make. Yeah, I can I yeah. can see that for sure. <laughs> so, what do you think DIY Montreal is going to go next? Do you see any um, plans for the next year or two or three or five? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't thought of it, I guess, that far out. I mean, I, I would love it for it to grow. Obviously, like I said, my focus, I think, for this year, I want to get more projects out, uh, try and be a little more consistent and get at least two new projects out every month, ideally. I've got a miter station build coming up. I want to build this, like, semi-floating waterfall desk thing um, and just kind of, like I said, grow my audience and and build my community and then take it from there nice that's pretty awesome so like i i forgot to ask but do you collaborate with other professionals like uh, uh diy professionals as well as well as other maybe like a, a actual cabinet maker who's done it for like 50 years and you know or do you trying to just uh, not just trying to but i guess are you trying to um bring in other people into your, your channel or are you trying to visit other people's channels as well? I guess networking was what I was trying to say. <laughs> Do you actually mm -hmm. actively try to network like that? Um, well, well, cause I understood two things here. I mean, one from what I thought you were saying in the beginning was kind of collaborations on a video or on yeah. a project. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have not done that, but that is definitely something I would like to do. Um, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure how to go about it. Uh, you know, I don't know a lot of local uh, YouTubers or woodworkers or things that are around me. So I guess I would have to maybe travel or I don't know. Uh, that is something I think that is worth doing just to get, you know, you kind of cross promote each other and you get their audience to look at you and vice versa. Um, and you can just learn from working with other people as well and seeing their, their method for shooting and for building. And I think it would be really cool. And uh, I mean, hey. Hopefully, maybe I could put that on the list for 2019 as something I want to get done. That that would be actually pretty neat to see you on another channel because I could point and be like, I know her when she started and before she, she got this big. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe April Wilkerson will have me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is she she was also another recommended one. And um, I, think, I think she does collab with people pretty frequently, but I think she's in Texas so yeah she's uh yeah she's she's got a lot going on i think she's got a huge channel um if you don't know her check her out for sure um but yeah i mean all jokes aside maybe find somebody that has a, that has an audience probably similar in size to me maybe um i'm not sure um definitely something i want to look into that'd be really cool that'd be really yeah. cool um well, we're getting pretty close is there anything that you want to um chat about or talk about um i don't know I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, nothing's coming to mind right now. I mean, it was really awesome talking to you and kind of understanding, you know, your process of how you do what you do as a DIY person, a creative person, as well as, you know, the effort that you put into your channel. And like I said, it really does show 
the amount of effort and the quality that you do. And I, I'm going to really do, I'm really going to relook at that video for the, uh, the drill holder as well as that router table and try to take in some inspiration from that because that was really cool and fun to watch and relaxing. I'm not going to lie. So awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Um, I like to finish up our episodes with a um, section I call the quick picks. Uh, pretty much is just giving a shout out or a kind of a nod to a physical item or something that you did or something that you want to talk about. Um, and I'll start off. So recently during the, um, uh, the holiday vacation, uh, my family and I, we went to uh, Savannah, Georgia for a couple of days, probably about four or five days. And that was probably the beginning of us sitting down, the, the wife and I, saying that this is funny enough to where we might try to make it a, a you know, a yearly thing. Um, the problem is, is I have a 18-month-old, and she is very tricky to travel with, and I live about four to five hours away. So I think we just set it in the, in the, uh, in the ecstasy of being on vacation and not realizing the effort it took to transport a little girl <laughs> for five hours where she had to sit still and know she couldn't watch her YouTube channel or whatever she wanted to do. We're, we'll be there in a minute, honey. I know you want to get out. I know, I, you know, so I'm saying that now that we're trying to make it a family vacation, but we'll see how it, how it begins going, uh, going forward. So my shout out is the city of Savannah because we actually found some pretty awesome nook and crannies that we didn't know that it existed. Um, and we definitely want to go check it out again. Cool. I'd love to go. I've never been. I've, I've never been to Montreal, so I'm, I want to definitely go there, too. I want to go everywhere. Well, you don't, don't want to be here today because the temperature outside feels like minus 31 degrees Celsius. So <laughs> The funny thing um, is I actually do want to be there because then I could say, yeah, I was in Montreal when it was minus 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's going to be cold for a couple of days, so uh, if you want to jump on up. Um, but, yeah, Montreal is pretty cool, too. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to the warmer weather, to tell you the truth. So, yeah. I'm, I'm the opposite. I love it cold. Yeah. What about yourself? Do you have any uh, quick picks you want to give a shout out? So I, I got one, uh, but it's kind of a negative one, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I just upgraded my cell phone uh, to the Google Pixel 3, oh. and I thought, I thought it was going to be a dream because everyone said so. Um, the camera is awesome, but the reception is terrible. I can't pick up a phone call in my house without it being choppy and people saying they can't hear me. So, Oh man. Yeah. I so didn't want to hear that. That was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, no. So be careful. I, then I started looking it up and apparently it's a known issue. So Ooh, man. just okay. putting out a warning, but on the positive side, if I may say, um, I guess my shout out would be, um, Udemy. Um, and it's a website called Udemy, like Academy, but U-D-E-M-Y.com. And that's a website where um, there are a lot of freed, free or paid courses on all sorts of stuff. Um, and I learned a lot on that website from building a website, from doing WordPress, from SEO, from how to start a YouTube channel. There are tons and tons of resources there. And a lot of them are free. So check it out. Boom. You just, you just became a spokesperson because <laughs> it's not paid. They don't pay me to say so. I just, <laughs> I just really love that site. Uh, there's so much on it. So yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm aware of Udemy and it's, it's, I agree. It's, it's a pretty awesome site. It does a lot of, um, awesome breaking down of how do you do this, that, and the other. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. So what did you actually, what did you upgrade from? I had, um, uh, I had an iPhone before, believe it or not, iPhone six. 
Yeah. But I was always an Android person before that. Um, and got that phone actually through work and then ended up being my phone. So I had it for a while and went back to Android. And oh, I can't believe I might, I might actually be an iPhone person now. <laughs> no, don't switch. No, I know. I don't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've got the Pixel 2. So when you told me about oh. the Pixel 3, I'm like, well, I mean, I just got it. Well, not just. I guess now it's been almost a year and a half. I got it the year it came out. Um, a couple mm -hmm. months after it came out. So when I heard the Pixel 3 was having those problems, I'm like, oh, man, no. But Yeah, don't upgrade. Yeah, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm loving my Pixel 2 anyways, so it's okay. Maybe maybe you should technically downgrade to the upgrade because I think the iPhone 6 was before the Pixel 2. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had mine for like, oh, my God, I think I had it for four years. It did not work anymore. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But that's pretty cool. Well, it was it was awesome talking to you, and I learned a whole lot, you know, from what you do and the effort that you put in. So, I, I wish I could double follow your channel now. <laughs> but yeah, I wish too. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely um, I'm definitely a fan. Um, so, I'm I'm looking forward to the next video that you put out there. And every once in a while, I'm on Instagram now. The wife is putting me on it, so I I I now pair up everybody that I follow that's a creative. I try to find their Instagram to just kind of you know, keep up with that too, just because it's like a little extra nugget of here's how to do what I just showed you on video, you know, you know, so. Yeah. Way, way more comes out on Instagram than, uh, in the video, you, you know, because you, you post a video every two weeks or whatever, but on Instagram it's every day. So yeah, I can see that. Can yeah, see that for sure. All right. Well, um, thanks again for doing this episode. So where can we find you? Um, on my website, DIYMontreal.com, or if you uh, look me up on Instagram or YouTube or pretty much anywhere, DIYMontreal.com, that's where you'll find me. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for doing this for me. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freelancer Head Start podcast. Head on over to DIY Montreal or YouTube and search for DIY Montreal. Marie's got some pretty awesome projects that you can check out, such as a router table slash cabinet that she's built, and it looks pretty freaking awesome. It's got places you can store your tools, great dust collection, and a nice fence where you can kind of hold your pieces down when you need to. You can also find Marie and DIY Montreal on Instagram, Pinterest, as well as Facebook. And as always, you can send questions or comments to questions at freelancerheadstart.com. That's questions at freelancerheadstart.com. My name is Marion Owen, and this is the Freelancer Head Start Podcast.